Hi everybody and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk and the dulcet tones of James Dean Little John. That's myself, the host. How are you? I am here again at my favourite time of the week. Um, I enjoy it. I really do. I've actually been lo- looking forward. I was supposed to do all sorts today. And the, do you know what? My main focus has been going, get on that podcast. It's really, really is a good thing for me to open up and talk. It really does. It's, it's something I look forward to. It. Again, you know, it's that um, it's that learned habit. It's a, it's a successful learned habit. And, uh, and I enjoy the process. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. How are you? Have you had a good week? Um, I hope you have. I had a, a bit of a roller coaster actually, and I haven't had a roller coaster of a week for a little while. But um, you know, we have to embrace them as much as we can. I had a few things planned. I was supposed to do a couple of podcasts last week, and I even spoke to my mate and said, "I've got a good one coming up. One that I think is really, really um, positive thing to talk about because it's such a negative of impact." But do you know what it was? On my last podcast, I was in a different place. I was really, really happy. I, I don't know. Just I was riding the wave, I think, at the time. And um, I don't know what it was, but the day after the podcast, I felt a little bit funny, you know, as you do sometimes. And <clears throat> then for the next couple of days, I just, again, disengaged with everybody. I don't know what it was. I um, it, it just it just came out the blue. Um I I got affected by a few things that happened at work. Um, People spoke to me a bit funny and um, I took it a little bit too personally. Nothing happened. I didn't trigger any, you know, any event, if you like. But internally, I internalized it quite a bit. And I was like, oh, it's it's a bit rude or whatever, you know. But I took it personally. So I don't know. Um, But then it's really, um, for me, that's it's so easy. and, And you can probably relate to this. But when you're on that high... Um, so to speak, the the natural high. Not, and we're not talking about uh, drug taking. But when you're on that high, although to be on a high, a euphoric high, naturally, if you're depressed and stressed, is almost like a. Um, I'm, I'm led to believe through um, you know research and stuff like that that it's also it's almost similar because you've got an endorphin. So if you're constantly depressed or you're in a really stressed out place, when you do find something that you enjoy the high is intense because you do feel euphoric you do feel like you've got an extra bit of spark something to give you a um, a bit of a boost and it's it is a euphoric feeling for somebody who's in a stressed out place so it is very relatable to drugs which is why um inherently um <clears throat> stress depression it works hand in hand with alcohol and uh, and drugs because Alcohol is a again, it's it's a depressant, but we forget that it's a depressant because it makes us feel fucking released, free, energetic, stupid, emotional, and all the other angry and all the other emotions do come out as well. But we forget them quite quickly with alcohol. Um, but alcohol's like that, so you chase that because it's it's an escape from reality, um, and then obviously you get into your um, you know you get into your other areas where. You know, you can be taking antidepressants. I think the Americans have got a really big problem with this at the moment. And I would say it's UK-wide. Um, I was one of those statistics in terms of going on to painkillers for an accident or whatever, which is where a lot of people get it from. And then you go into a low because you're not mobile enough and you get depressed and you're taking these he's taking these um, opiates, which makes you feel sleepy and tired. And then you just get into this absolutely deadly cycle. So when you do get to a high, 
which is why some people go from opiates into you know things like marijuana i suppose and then they'll go into ecstasy or the harder stuff and a lot of people don't if they can't afford that route they'll they'll go into and this is why they've got it heroin fentanyl and all the other drugs that are available in america um thankfully we don't have um fentanyl which is wiping a lot of the americans out um we don't have them across in the uk um which is a good thing so it's one of those ones that it's, it's that when you try to escape the reality often there becomes there comes with that and a huge negative um i know that i've turned to alcohol quite a few times in my depression stages um and for i remember when i first um left my house for seven months just walked out and didn't tell anyone where i was um i remember that time and and i don't remember it um, I didn't re- <clears throat> really relate to it at the time, but we're talking years, years later now. But that seven months was probably the worst seven months I think of my life in the term. In terms of, <clears throat> I was probably drunk most of the time. Um, bearing in mind, you know, I was I was used to get a lift from work to, uh, with my colleague. Um, who worked with me so I used to get a lift with him and he used to drive because I probably couldn't drive um you know so it's one of those ones where although it took me a lot to drink uh, to get drunk so I never really got drunk I did turn a lot to it so I mean I was making homebrew cider and all sorts of stuff just the point to, to the point where I was making it because it was cheap and it was fun and I smashed it down and um you know got absolutely obliterated on this homebrew and um yeah to the point where i thought about selling it at one stage like selling a, a fucking homebrew a painter's brew or something we were i don't know it's amazing when you reflect back quite heavily on um and i do this as i get better i um and whenever i feel low i often reflect on my past because i'm like mate you you're not doing what you were doing then and i used to be a bit of an adrenaline junkie um and I think that that was the sense of when I was always constantly low, I would chase that high, but I would actively chase that high. And because, again, it coincides with my personality in the fight or flight aspect, I'm a fighter. So I thrive on fast motorbikes, doing stupid things. And, you know, I, I spent seven months just completely and utterly drunk. Um, and it was an awful God awful seven months. It's all I did for seven months was drink, put on weight and drink. And... Um, yeah I I spent a fortune and then all of a sudden seven months came along and I went I really can't I can't do this this is going to be the demise of me if I carry on this journey I'm going to be completely in self-destruct mode so I had to stop I absolutely had to stop um but it's it's understanding that that reality and that loss of reality and why you're trying to chase the reality and the aspects of that reality you need to understand that but a lot of the times like, like they say they work hand in hand so it's yeah so i've i had a bit of a blip i had a bit of a blip basically so i, I didn't really which is a frustrating blip as well because i was like why why am i fucking getting angry come on james you were so you were so positive you were so progress and I think it's probably because I've overloaded myself a little bit I've got a little bit excitable this year I think because last year mentally the doing this podcast gave me so much that I'm like almost chasing the next steps so I'm trying to like I said ride that wave of happiness which is giving me the the gusto the spirit um you know to 
do what I need to do to, to, to make my life better. And by that, you know, there's often times in this last week, even when I was at my low, I was, I was that low. Part of me was walking around. I mean, I'm, I'm in a very conflicting mind at the moment, which probably didn't help me when I went a bit low is because I'm very much, I don't like my life in the sense that I don't enjoy the rat race. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I know some people get this and for me, it's it's almost become a bit of an obsession that I don't want to uh, I don't want to rely on money. Um, I don't want to rely on anything to do with the system, if you like. I, I this this for me, I don't know. It, it's I I have this deep, 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 deep urge to um, <clears throat> live somewhere forest like. Um, wilderness like in Canada I, I, somewhere like that it's been an obsession for about eight years now but it's becoming more and more and the more I get skilled the more I, I I kind of look at ways to earning money without getting in the rat race of life and I and I think that's driven me but driven me to a little bit of an insanity space uh, sort of phase really because I'm getting all these skills and I want to get all these skills because like I said, that's why I'm building the online Etsy store. That's why I'm looking at how I can do art without relying too much on, you know, the commodities so I can get, I don't have to look for other things, you know, um, in terms of relying on sort of deliveries and all that sort of stuff. I'm doing, can I do this artwork just in a shed somewhere with a heater? Yes, I can. It does it get results. Yes, it does. Does it look nice and is fun yes it is so and i'm doing the the etsy store where i'm trying to do an online store where i can do my drawings anywhere in the world upload them and share them that way and again like i said i'm trying to get my masters in my health and safety this year and i'd like to almost be able to be a an online health and safety consultant um because we can do so much um remotely now that it's almost like it's it's almost given me this perspective this drive and i think that's what that's that my conflict is that because i am happy where i am i do have a beautiful setup i do have a beautiful um surrounding and i've got good friends and everything else but for me and i've nurtured that which has given me absolute positivity from last year when i incorporated the podcast and triaging my group of friends and finding out who is stayers and who are goers um, and almost looking at my life in a bit more of a structured way and it's given me so much more focus and but what it has done as well when i'm riding that wave of success is it's given me alternatives or and it's okay to have all that but am i truly truly happy do i truly think i'm going to be happy doing this all my time and i and so Basically, at weekends when I've doing, been doing this artwork, I've been enjoying the process so much and in the engrossment that it's it's bolstering it. As the weekends go by, the less I do with other people, the more I'm bolstering my need to go, see, you can do things remotely, you can do things online, and you can also live the life that you want, which is a wilderness filled with a log cabin, um, you know, the internet, because we can get the internet fucking anywhere. I mean, Elon Musk's going to make it so that you can get internet fucking in every corner of the world. So I can do this remotely in a log cabin in a wilderness area with a fucking handful of dogs and no stress. Do you know what I mean? Not going into the rat race life, not driving everywhere, you know, not driving down motorways and, and also not dealing with people that are just, 
I think fuckwits, and there's, there seems to be a fucking abundance of breeding them, dare I say it, um, I've gone off track, I've literally gone off on a tangent there, but that's what I'm trying to achieve, and that's, as I get older, as the years go by, the less and less I get happier going into work, the less and less I get bumping into people, the more, the more I, that I don't want to socialise, I just kind of go, I can do my job, I can I can earn a pretty good living, I suppose, doing online consultancy at a high level, you know, even to the point where, you know, I've looked into it and gone, you know, maybe people, if they want me to come and do workplace assessments, they fly me out, you know, there's all sorts, the, what, the opportunities are endless, and I think that from last year, because I've given myself that strength, because I've given myself that ability to focus on what really matters around me, which is building my life around a beautiful family, looking after my friends and making sure that, um, you know, as I succeed, they succeed. Um, because I've done that and I've given myself everybody and everybody that's in my circle, I give them as much as they give me. So it works hand in hand for me now. So if somebody stops giving to me and stops saying hello, I don't say it you know, I'll, I'll wait an X amount of time and I'll say it again. And then if it goes to that point and you don't uh, instigate the high, and then again, I chin that off. And it's constantly, it's a, it becomes, like I said, it's a learned habit. I've been doing it for longer than three months, a year. And I constantly do it. I give people what they give me. So, you know, and I always assess it, but I assess it now almost like it's business as usual, you know. So it, it's a very, it's, it's taking control of my life again because it's not allowing me to be consumed by other people's problems or other people's issues and just supporting the people in the right way if you support me I will support you and it, that's how I've done it and I think I feel a lot more content because I'm not giving too much to some people and then getting frustrated when I don't get it back um and obviously vice versa I'm not being the, the I'm not being that person who's not giving to somebody as much as they're giving to me um I'm very cautious I do it naturally um and, and that's a good thing I seem to have got control of that and all of these little things these are these are milestones in in, in success for me and that's what it's given me these little milestones and this is where how I speak when I talk about creating a plan and giving yourself something to look forward to. That's a milestone. We do milestones in work. I, I don't know if you, if any of you have any experience in project management. In project management, you'll have milestones. And at milestones, you have to achieve certain things. If you look at your life, and not in a morbid context, but if you look at your life as a milestone, and you know at the end of the day, right, the, the, the crux of it is, and this is the reality, basically, you know, you're born and you die. Say, for instance, you, you know, you, the, your, your numbers are zero to 100, okay? Because that's all it reality is, zero to 100. It's very, very rare that you'll go over 100. Um, I know medicine is making it more um, more available, if you like, um, or, or more achievable, um, which is which is relatively good to a point. However, it doesn't. They're not stopping the body deteriorating, so it's not. You know, your mind might be um, here for longer. Some of your organs, but everything else, your bones and all the fucking big foundation. It's almost like, oh, do you know what? We've got the Leaning Tower of fucking Pisa. Um, it's it's sinking. Okay, but what we're going to do is we're going to keep giving it medicine to live a bit longer. So we're going to add blocks. Well, eventually that's going to fucking sink, isn't it? It's going to completely topple over um, because the foundations haven't been changed. And the foundations are, you know, you, you can't stop the degeneration of bones. We, I don't know. You may be able to. I'm not a fucking scientist, but I'm saying we're a long way off before I go into a, an absolute tan, a tangent about that. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, um, 
you've got to look at it as your milestone. So you've got one to, uh, you know, uh, one to a hundred. And we've all, the, the thing is, life has already instilled milestones for us. You know, you, you, you look at it and you've got your first birthday. Oh, that's a fucking big one. And no one gives a fuck for 10 years. 10 is your, your, in fact, is it, I don't even think 10 is really. It's normally 13. So you've got your first birthday, your 13th birthday, your six, because that's obviously when you're classed as, you know, you're a teenager, because it's a teen. 16, because sweet 16, you could become a little bit more of an adult. 18, and then you've got your 21st, and then you've got your 30th, and then you've got your 40th, 50th, 60th, 70th, because we know we're, we're like, if you make it, we're not going to fucking achieve the, we're not going to look at the in-betweeners, mate, because we're going to do it in 10 years by that time. Um, but when you think about it, most people, I think the average age, I think it's about 76 or something certainly like that. Um, and that's the reality of it. But we've put milestones in, but everyone seems to forget when you, you've still got to have those little mini milestones in your 10 year blocks to give you something to look forward to. And, and that's often what I do. And I've done it without even thinking about it. Like I said, my milestones now are every Sunday, I want to talk about reflection. I want to understand my mind. I want to understand and analyze how I'm moving forward and how I'm regressing. What's my triggers, etc., etc. In you know, instilling coping mechanisms. These are all things, you know, that I'm trying to drive. And it's giving me that ability for the milestone. I said, that's one year. I never thought for one second with my attention span that I would be here over a year later still talking to you. I really, I genuinely didn't. Um, like I said, I've done loads of stupid things over the last 12 years to, to, to try and create. And that's what happens. I get really fixated on an idea. And I try it, and I'm, I'm, I'm relatively successful at it. You know, um, like my first batch of cider, um, you know, it was relatively successful for my first ever try. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just watching, poured it all in, did what I did, stuck it in a cold, a, a fucking dry cupboard, whatever. Relatively successful to the point where I thought I could sell this. This is a fucking like scrumpy and uh, I can sell this under under my fucking, you know, under my what I do as a trade. You know, the painters fucking whatever it was. Um, so that's how crazy I get. And, and you know, sometimes that's a really good thing to do. Jump on that and go, fucking hell, that's this. I can obviously, I can often persuade people to come along for the journey as well. But I've done that all the way along. Like I said, I, you know, a couple of years ago before I was on holiday and I went into an absolute meltdown, I wanted to start a, you know, a kennel. And I wanted to fucking... All this stuff and information that I was learning on environmental sustainability, which I still absolutely love and, and still you know anaerobic digesters and all that i'm still fucking in it solar power and all the i'm still i'm still conscious about this thing um but it was it was fucking ludicrous at the time i was like you know when you reflect back two years later and i was asking my friends and they all believed in me because i sold them the idea because i was that passionate about it and the because i didn't instill milestones i didn't say right in the first three months i should have done this this and this how i should do it i should promote this i took i got one negative response of somebody saying it was going to affect my career in the civil service i was in my sixth month uh, probation so i was like fucking hell because I, I did a GoFundMe. i was doing a youtube channel i was doing everything and I used to sit there and talk about men's mental health on videos. That's how fucking crazy I was. But people, I wasn't crazy because it's something I would love to do. And I still would love to do it. Even to the point where, you know, if I ever do get my dream of Canada, I, I, I want to absolutely breed um, 
Huskies out there, or you know, German Shepherds, I don't think will sustain sustain the fucking environment. But you never know. But I'd like to be a breeder out there, and I'd like to do that as a bit of a sideline, you know, because it'd be a fun thing to make all the kennels and take them out for walks, and, and that that's my type of lifestyle that I want. I fucking hate rat race of life. I really do. I hate pubs. I hate fucking people. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, in the sense that I do struggle um, with a lot of people's personalities. But so the more and more that I go through, the, the less and less I want to be involved with it. And it's almost like I'm at the passionate stage now where I feel like I'm giving up on my dream because that's what I want to do. I want to go and do that. I want to go off somewhere, do everything virtually so I can still earn some money. I would still do my podcast. I can still do that from the wilderness. It's kind of like... All this stuff that I've been doing, because it's all digital, like my Etsy page, um, like my designs and stuff, I can do that and where I am. I just rely on the postal service. My podcast is digital. Um, you know, uh, my design work is all digital. I don't do drawing on paper. It's all done on uh, on my iPad. So all of this stuff, the, the health and safety consultancy, you can do that um, virtually because you just offer people advice or you, you have teams meetings to talk about your health and safety problem and put you know pull it through all of these things you can do now where you don't you can literally live anywhere in the world and still be an effective person so it's kind of like do I want to live where I live no I don't I really fucking don't and the more and more that I go through the more and more that I do these things to think well I can do that there I can promote this and build that there to to build a better place you can stay on I mean the amount of people that you talk to that they go on TikTok and fucking Facebook and all the other social media platforms to present their lives as a wild variety and they make revenue from it just from doing their day-to-day -day life, doing something they enjoy, taking away the point of, you know, worrying about money. And it's almost like the more I say it now, the more I feel that passion and urge to want to do it. And But I don't want to do it unofficially, you know, and I, I have a family to think about and that's the yearning I have that to draw myself towards that. But, again, my milestones have all kicked in, and this is where I absolutely relish in these milestones now, is I go, right, okay, so my milestone is, okay, I've got X, Y, and Z to do before I even think about these things. I want to get a little bit more qualifications. Okay, so my milestones are this year to do X, Y, and Z. And they might be little mini milestones, but they're there for a reason. And I go, okay, I want to carry on doing my podcast at least every Sunday. So there's a milestone. I make sure I do that. I want to walk at least three times with my dog every day. There's milestones. These are all milestones that we take for granted. But when you actually put them down as a milestone, you actually, you're adding value to what you're doing. And that is the really important part, is when you start removing the value of what you're doing, you start losing interest. You've almost said to yourself, it's completion. And you don't feel the, the passion to do it anymore. So these milestones in life, we're not looking at it from a morbid, morbid, morbid perspective. Like, But when you look at yourself from 0 to 100, and that's your lifespan, if you're lucky to get to 100, because as you go up the sort of spectrum, you can almost change the colour. We can almost triage it. And here we are chucking myself a little bit of health and safety knowledge in for you. We can almost rag rate it. We can almost risk rate it. And go, like, the first, say, 20 years, it's going to be a nice green colour. Then you've got the next, you know, that's sort of 20 to 50. That's an orange colour, isn't it? You know, it's going into a little bit of a yellowy orange. And then you've got the rest of it. And you can pretty much say from sort of 60 onwards, you're in a very 
orange right up to a red colour. So you've got to look at that. But most of the colours are sort of negative after your 20s and your 30s because that's when everything starts getting a little bit harder. Losing weight becomes a bit harder. So you need to make sure you take advantage of these things early or, like I said, give yourself milestones to put added value to what you're doing. We do it when we go on holiday. When we, when we book a holiday, that's a milestone. And you count down that milestone to your excitement. It gives you something to do. So why don't you do that in terms of your life? Why don't you give yourself that added value? So say to myself, I want to do this in the next six months. I want to do this in the next year. I want to do this in the next two years. I want to do next in the three years. And do it up to five years. I mean, there's no point in anybody that does something over five years... Um, barring a mortgage or a loan, um, or, and a marriage, obviously, um, but relationship slash marriage, um, should have said that, um, you know, they're, they're obvious, but if you put a milestone on something, and uh, uh, five years, it keeps it, it, it adds value, and it keeps it achievable, it keeps it manageable. If you look 10 years ahead, you're like, fuck me. I don't know what the... Because 10 sounds okay, but it's not. It's a 7, 8, 6, 7, 8, 9. Eight, I don't give a fuck what I'm doing at 8 years. But if I said to you, what are you doing in the next 3 months? You'd be like, oh, I don't really know. Why not? I know what I'm doing in the next 3 months. I know what I'm doing in the next 6 months. And it's not planning my life away, but it's making sure that the end result is something that's achievable, something that's obtainable, and something that I'm going to stay motivated for. Hence, the podcast. I'm motivated because I absolutely... It helps me, and that's the, the most important aspect is I'm sitting here for an hour a week as a minimum, almost having therapy. I'm talking about my problems. I can't process most things because I my brain just is just fucking mental. And I'll give you a little story in a minute about how crazy that was or is sometimes and how hard it is to focus. But it's like, for me, that's the kind of... I need to manage my expectations and things. So it's like, for instance, I, if I don't find if I don't put a milestone on it and find it um, achievable, or I find it interesting, I, I, I lose interest. If as soon as I lose interest, I can't stick with that problem. I can't. I, I I'm done. It's like my my brain is gone. I'm getting no value out of this, and I move forward. And I'm quite brutal with it. And um, I did say actually to my colleague last week, I said, "Oh yeah, I was quite boring." I said, "But when I lose interest, I." I do jump on the fucking, I do jump on my emails and kind of chin off what they're saying if I'm in a meeting. Now, it was funny that she said, I said that to her because then like the next day she was going through this, it's my new colleague, um, was going through the this training bit that she's added to our to our team. And uh, she was running through it and, and I, I genuinely was interested and I was learning, but I was also trying to get an email out about, we, um, <clears throat> about my uh, something personal that was going on at work. Um, so she looked at me and went, she went, James, why is it, you, you, said, well, you said to me yesterday, you lose interest. You go back to your computer when you lose interest. You've done that to me now. You lose an interest. And I, and I looked and I went, actually, I'm not. And I could tell you what you said. But I knew exactly how it looked. So it, it's interesting, um, uh, you know, how my mind works. And, and say, for instance, I've, I told you I was doing this smash glass, um, glass um, art projects. So I've been really fixated on them because they're so... Um, 
because they're, they're so rewarding when they're completed and they look amazing to me. I'm really, really addicted to them. I'm addicted to making them and I'm addicted to new ways of learning. And like I say, I've, I've gone from my first ever one, just pouring some resin over glasses to my latest one, to buying and, and adapting a frame um, into a box frame to make it 3D, to add the paint before I put the resin in to give it depth. All of these things have gone through my mind and I've actually made one now. Um, for my dad was was my first ever one that I did in that concept and uh, that was a gift to my dad I was like there you go mate you know this is your favorite drink Asbach um a German, a German brandy I think it is and um I said I've turned it into a bit of art for you so um <clears throat> I made that for him and the end result was perfect but what I did was the, this is how crazy my brain goes and I was so hyper focused on this new activity that I started I got up early on Saturday which is quite rare for me um, and I started at eight o'clock in the morning doing a few chores and cracking on and then I got them in my artwork I went to the local shop got some bits I didn't finish until 12 o'clock that night I had music on I didn't speak to anyone all day and I just did this artwork that is how hyper-focused I got onto the situation. So it's really, sometimes I have to try and control myself because that's, I've found something that I enjoy and it works as in, in completely the opposite way. When I lose interest, I'm the same. If I lose interest in something and I don't, I'm not, I'm genuinely don't care about it to the point where I don't even want to learn it. It's really, really, sometimes, and I've done that with a recent process in work, actually, creating these, um, we create this thing called um, a statement of need, basically. And I, the, the, the whole system's a little bit baffling for me because it doesn't work in flow. There's no real flow to it. So for me, it's like really difficult to get hold of because I'm like, I've got to do what, what, what? Um, so I've basically, I, I've turned off from doing it. I've not been interested in doing it, but I have to know it for my job. So it's taken me to a point to, I've really had to make it a bit of a game to enjoy the process of doing it. And the way that I'm enjoying the process, and I think this was actually indirectly done by my colleague, which is quite hilarious, that he makes things, he, whenever he shows me a, something, a new, a new task, or I'm doing this, he'll instantly show me the end result because he knows I work on a reward basis. I'm, I'm, he's obviously picked that up. He's worked with me closely for a year. So most people will, if you really do genuinely know me, I work on reward. That's how I, I work. Um, I'd never, ever, have I said, I like to work on reward. Never, ever, have I said, well, I probably have um, that, that, that little line because um, I probably told somebody at some point. But what I mean is I don't make it obvious. Um, but I do. I absolutely work on reward. I, I, I love it. If I can get, if I can feel happy that I've done something and I've made you happy and you've expressed your happiness publicly or to me, I abs that's how I grow. That is absolutely how I grow because I put 110% into everything I do. So now was I was I was I not loved as a child? You'd probably be asking from a psychiatrist's point of view. Yes, I was loved as a child. Did I get the love that I wanted? Probably not, because of the underlying um, mental health that was probably undiagnosed at my my time. My brother, um, uh, he's dyslexic. He didn't get diagnosed till later on. Me and my brother were massive challenges for my parents um, to the point where I didn't sleep. I think for the first couple of years. Um, and basically, I I ran my dad into hospital in the sense that I, I couldn't physically sleep um, so much so that he was he had complete and utter exhaustion and had to be admitted to hospital because I was constantly like I said it's the ADHD aspect that would never have been diagnosed in 1981. 
or even progressing up until like probably late nineties. I think we're only just grasping it in the twenties now. So, um, you know, for me, it's I was a trouble troublesome child for, for for my parents um and you know high pain thresholds and all the other good stuff and you know um my brother was a bit of a handful and dyslexic so he had his own uh, learning difficulties that would have would again went undiagnosed and and then obviously you got my sister who was the young sister so um you know she brings her own challenges as a, a sort of as a female to my mum so and my dad was also in the military so he was away a lot so you can imagine did i get not lo- not enough love of course we we all want loads of love as a child of course we want to feel loved and we want that and but Every life, every family, every child all has their own unique differences. I know that um, we all have children on, you know, we all have children on different levels of what what they class as love, how much we give them, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's going to play a bit of a part in your later life. But that it's not controlled me, and I absolutely do not blame my parents at all. They did a sterling job of trying to raise such a fucking absolute crazy loon as myself. Um, and that's even more um, acknowledged in the sense that I've understood my own uh, mental health journey the last year has been absolutely um, what's the word I'm fucking looking for invaluable to me in the sense that the podcast has given me an ability to talk about what I my ups and downs to actually process them so I feel better I actually acknowledge these problems I'm talking about these problems constantly so for me, I'm getting to understand why I do things, how I do things, what's the what's the point behind them? And that's given me the ability to develop as a person, not better ourselves, develop as a person. And that is what I'm getting out of this. And that's kicked in the strength to now go, okay, so you've got a weekly therapy session, James, that's your podcast, brilliant. It's become business as usual. So now we can concentrate on going, right, okay, James, you've got yourself into a little bit of debt. Um, whilst you were, you know, heavily, heavily, um, hold on two seconds, I'm going to turn my heat off, um, whilst you were um, heavily, uh, sorry about that, you know, depressed, and you were spending an absolute fortune, and anybody that is depressed, stressed, or has some sort of mental health condition can relate to trying to find those endorphins, and the serotonin, and the dopamine you get from spending on things, and seeing shiny new shit come through your front door, you can all relate to it, you will do it, if you're ever in a stressed situation, or you're feeling a little bit low, look around you, you'll have some new shit, because that's what you're looking for, whether it's a new pair of shoes for a woman, new jacket, or a haircut, whatever it may be, it might be that, you know, you, you've, you're depressed you're going out you've got like I said I used to buy trainers and it was always a specific number 15 of this 15 of that that's a lot you know for for little tiny bits and bobs but we can all relate to it if you've got yourself into a situation and some of us we can't just click our fingers and ask for mum and dad to help us out I've never had that um and that ability to be able to do that because you know we're, we're just a working class group so I have to work hard to do it and that's I couldn't you can't do that while you're mentally strained because Christ it's hard enough some days getting out of fucking bed um and when I'm in a low place a really low place it's hard to get out of bed and and that's ultimately when things creep up on me and I get a bit blindsided and I go, fucking hell, I just can't be asked. Like this, uh, last week, for instance, I was that bad on the Wednesday. 
I genuinely, I woke up in the morning and said, I do not want to go to fucking work today. I don't want to go to work. And I sit here and I question that. Why, not question why I don't want to go to work. That's understandable. I fucking had enough life. I was in a shit place. Why am I going to go and pressure myself to deliver in a job when I can just go off? So I, that's the way I was. But I was analysing why I felt like that. And I, I felt like that because, I don't, I, well, I was just in a shit place. And I couldn't face dealing with people and I couldn't face stupid questions. So what I did was I went do not disturb. I went into work and I did constructive stuff that was for me that I had to do in private. And I did it myself. And I utilised that time to shut myself away, turn my communications off and just went, that's it. You know, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to talk to anyone, but I'm still going to be productive. And then at, I think it was 2.30, I went... Now I've reached the peak of my exhaustion. I've had enough. I'm going off. So I messaged my colleagues and was like, I'm off. And that's taking control of myself. Normally, I'd have just suffered through that, sent a shitty email, told someone to fuck off, been really angry, probably overreacted massively, and also probably not done as good of work as what I should have done. So it's really important to acknowledge these mental health strains. And again, that's what's given me the strength this year to do that. So I've had the strength to go, okay, um, excuse me, I'll just have a quick sip. Oh, by the way, I've got a lovely Smirnoff Ice original tonight because I fancied a little bit of alcohol, um, but nothing crazy. And I had one of these little mixed cans. Hold on. Oh, that's refreshing. Sorry about that. <clears throat> oh, that's quite sharp. Ooh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> I was really thirsty. I think it's, it's that 40-minute point, isn't it? If you cash your mind back to the first couple of podcasts, I used to struggle quite badly at 40 minutes. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's given me the milestones. The milestones have given me those sort of um, focus. I'm, I've broken into that. And it's like, for me, the mental health journey, the strength I've got now in, in, in incorporating all those milestones and making sure I hit those targets and... It's given me the, the strength to look at other alternatives, to get myself out of the trouble quicker, because I've got the passion to do it now. So for me, it's kind of like, right, I need to earn a little bit of extra money. Well, how can you do that? Well, utilise your skills, James, to earn a little bit of extra money, if, if you want to do that. You know, and <clears throat> that those things, I wouldn't have had the the strength or the ambition or the motivation to do that if I'd been you know, not managing my mental health, if that's if that's relatable. And I think that's where I've, I, the differences are huge. And that's what's given me the focus this year to go, okay, now take control of this now, James. Take control of your finances. You're a, almost a 42-year-old adult. Take control of them. Move forward and work towards your dream. And that's where all of these driving factors, yes, I get the down days, you'll get those down days. In fact, I said quite a few times this weekend, actually, I did it on my TikTok, you know, sometimes with mental health, you have to ride the storms to get to those calmy waters. And it's really, really, really relatable because how many times have you been sat there battling something, whether it's a poor relationship or, you know, a, a working environment or... Um, you know, whatever it may be, whatever your stresses are coming from, how many times have you sat there and just endured it and it's gone, fucking hell, this feels relentless. And but, and then all of a sudden, you know, if it's one of those quick scenarios and you find the end, you realise actually, oh, fucking hell, it's a bit rough there, yeah, but <clears throat> it's calmer waters now. 
and we do that and that's relatable I, I was in stormy waters i was battling fucking you know absolutely tsunami waves in my mental health and it's 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 very relatable to that I, like i said i talked to you about the fog over the front of your face or the fog in your mind and it's very similar to that you know if you if you cast your mind back to an old pirate movie where you know you've been at stormy waters and you're going through this thick fog um i'm very into pirates at the moment by the way <laughs> you go through this absolutely thick fog and it where does it take you and it's very relatable but sometimes it takes you to a treasure sometimes it takes you to more stormy waters if you've got to fight some um crazy kraken or some beast of the sea um <clears throat> but it's very relatable in mental health because that's what you sometimes have to do. Sometimes you have to sit there and endure what you know is uncomfortable. It may be. But when you take control of them, you get back on the... You take control of the helm and you start sailing for those calmy waters. Once you've taken control of your ship again, absolutely incredible way. You will feel amazing. When you say to yourself, oh, I've got this illness. How am I going to look to better or develop myself? How, what, how am I going to learn? Last week, actually, oh, that was another fucking hell. It completely slipped my mind. But last Monday, I went to an anti-anxiety class in the evening, and absolutely incredible. I learned so much. It bolstered my knowledge already in terms of my coping mechanisms, but it was just nice to look around, and it, everybody was in the room for the same reason. They was, I think there was about 11 of us, and basically, it was kind of a way of everybody that was there, and we all spoke about what we had. They all had their different levels of anxiety, what they had anxiety for, and some of them were uh, sort of, you know, women go through the menopause, which is a big thing at the moment. And they were going to get anxiety about this and this because they deal with that chemical imbalance in through the menopause. And we it sparked a lot of conversations, but it was nice how listening to other people and what they feel anxiety for that sometimes people are having anxiety about certain things like but genuinely. I never thought it was a thing, but people have got anxiety about going back into work. And they're like, I just don't, I'm an introvert. I don't like going into work. But they know they're producing the same product and they're doing it in the same time scale. They've done it for the last two years. So they know they're capable. They've been able to live and adapt themselves into a, you know, their own environment. And they've created their own environment, a healthy environment. But in the workplace, we don't look at introverts and extroverts. We don't acknowledge people. Some people have to go to work to earn money. But when we've given them the ability to work from home, they've absolutely thrived. Me, personally, I like the I like the, the flexibility of being able to do both because I love going into the office. But then there's sometimes where I go, I know I'm going to achieve more just by looking at my double screens in front of me and smashing through my work that way. So... I get that thing, but we don't acknowledge that. There's introverts out there that would love to work from home, and if you have the capacity to do it when it suited the country, why can't you do it to suit them as an individual? And I'm not talking about going down the route of, you know, worrying about, oh, I'm going to go there because, you know, I, I identify as a fucking home computer. I'm not talking about that side of things. But what I am talking about is 
acknowledging that we are all different classes and sometimes we get anxiety an introvert will absolutely get anxiety about going into a a very busy situation it's similar to an extrovert might get a, it going into a very quiet environment they might get panicky about going into that situation because they like the noise and hustle and bustle so but we've all got flexibility i've got certain anxiety about going into places where i i, I can't control the outcome i don't know who's in there and i don't know what the outcome of the evening is going to be i i get anxiety about that because i like to control my life quite to quite a detail which is a <clears throat> it's where i feel happy I feel happy when I'm in control. So it's almost like people say, oh, that might, you know, you're a control freak. No, because I don't implement my controls. There is a crossover, but I don't <clears throat> instill my control mechanisms on other people's lives. Everybody's an individual. Do what you like. I'm never ever or will I or will I ever control anyone around me. I don't want to control them. You're yourself. I will advise accordingly. But there is a crossover sometimes if I've got to be somewhere 10 minutes early because that makes me feel comfortable that I'm I've arrived early. I know I'm presentable. I'm refreshed and I'm ready for the event because that's the way my mind works. That might cross over into making sure that my family are ready that 10 minutes before otherwise I'm going to lose my shit and we're going to go there stressed because I know I'm going to try and make the time up in the journey that's going to stress me out because I hate driving in fucking stressful situations oh it's exhausting isn't it <laughs> so it's like I know these things but I, I instill them into my life and I think that for me the whole purpose of um sort of the mental health journey is I lost control of that ability I lost control of controlling my own life. Everything was uncertain. I didn't know where I was living. I didn't know who I was with. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know who I liked. What I didn't even know who I was. So for years, I just absolutely endured it. And, and I'm talking years. And I would say that the downside to taking control of my life is now I'm going, I don't like this life. Um, I'm not comfortable in this life. I don't like this society i want to just do what i want to do and smile and wave do you see what i mean and i want to just relax with just some music i don't even watch tv anymore um because i'm not interested in tv fucking shows i've got literally zero interest in tv shows i can probably say i mean i've not watched the news for six months i hear snippets i i, I get my little snippets of information from my little videos and to be fair uh, and even then it's probably outdated um by the time i get to it so it, it's that's my lifestyle it has become almost like I'm a little bit of an introvert, but not a not an introvert that's, you know, I enjoy the extrovert side of things. I enjoy socialising in the right environment when I can control it and enjoy it. Um, and that's what I find. I've found now that if I don't know the outcome, I really do struggle. I really do struggle. Now, that might infringe on some friendships. So be it. It's, it's what makes me happy. And that that's the selfish outlook I've taken this year. So, yeah milestones they're really really an important phase i think um and when you give yourself that milestone you give yourself you give yourself the tools to achieve what you want to achieve because if you know that in three months time you wanted that you've already said in your head well it's going to cost this much or it's going to take this much time i know that because i already know i've looked and said well i want to do this course in the next three months okay well you probably already known it's it's a one week's course you already know it's 150 quid and you already know you're going to get a certificate at the end of it so you know there's a reward so 
you just have to find the spite, the space and time to get that course in in the next three months. So you've made it achievable. I mean, that's a probably really easy example. But if you want to do a, a couch to 5K in three months, you know that there's going to be milestones incorporated in that. Like, Christ, I want to just be able to walk 1K on day one. Do you know what I mean? And that's where you're going to go. So you, you know there's going to be milestones. Everything with success, everything in project management, anything in a proper successful outlook to a life that's enjoyable, you will have a milestone attached to it. Like I said, holidays, payments of certain things. You know that every annual, you, if you've got a loan out, you're going to get a milestone saying you've got this much left to pay. So you know, Christ, there we go, I'm, I'm watching that go down. It's a milestone. But a lot of us forget to put those milestones into our own life and take control of them. Don't rely on other people to put those milestones in for you. If someone's giving you some sort of advice, something's coming up, put the effort in to do it. Make the effort to do what you're going to do to make it achievable. Sometimes you have to work for things in life. You have to make that effort. And that's incorporated in the milestones. And when we do that, and this very much coincides with my last uh, couple of podcasts ago where I said about having a plan, it's, it's exactly the same rhetoric as that. By having a plan, giving yourself that focus, it makes it achievable for you. And it gives you, like I said, it gives you that, that gravitas. It attaches some sort of sentiment to it. It's, it it attaches, attaches an achievement. It makes it rewardable. So you want to do it. You don't do things that you don't want to do, do you? You'll fight against the system if you don't want to do that. Whereas if you make it a relatable context and you go, okay, well, I want to achieve this. I want to get my bike license or I want to do my, I want to get my car license, whatever it may be. I want to make sure I do this, this and this. I'm going to go to therapy to make sure that I start taking control of my life. I'm going to start doing mindfulness. So at least one day a week, I'm going to do mindfulness. Oh, I'm going to do through fitness. Okay, we'll make it relatable and achievable. I'm just going to be able to do one day a week and see how I get on. And I'll increase it. Do it in steps. Do it in stages. And this is where I can relate back to that little comment I said a, a little minute ago was ride the you have to sometimes you have to ride the storms to find calmy waters. Sometimes those milestones aren't going to be good milestones. Not every milestone in a, in, in a project is going to be a good, relatable milestone. You're going to be one milestone is going to be, I've got to pay the contractors. Or if it's a project on something, you know there's going to be a big loss of money coming out of your account and going into theirs. Now, that's a positive milestone for the project manager and the project, but it's a negative for you. But the next one is, and the end result is, the milestone then is, you get your project delivered and they've moved on. So there is, you get, sometimes you have to ride the storm to find those calmy waters. So I'm going to finish there, actually, because that's been a really positive one for me, actually. I've really thoroughly enjoyed that. I've written down a nice little list of what I am going to do this week. I've got some busy, busy work on, but um, I'm going to take the time because, uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I reflected quite well last week. I put myself, I put a lot of things in context and... Um, yeah, I worked. I worked hard on it, and like I said, I I've come to the plan this weekend, um, giving myself the time as well. Um, I do get a little bit consumed. I have got quite a lot going through my head at the moment with family, um, and there's milestones attached to that. If you've listened before on the podcast, you'll understand what I'm going through with that. That hasn't gone away. That's still there. So, all these milestones help me in in relatable and. Uh, uh, 
give me the assistance and tools to manage my life effectively whilst I'm a control freak. <laughs> so it's it's really, really relatable. But anyway, um, I hope you're okay. Are you hitting your plans and milestones? I know that we spoke at the time, the start of the year, um, and we've got those three months milestones. We've got these little achievements we want to feel this year. Um, are you hitting them? I really do hope you are. I hope yourself, you're giving yourself the the love and the attention that you need because you must remember that although we've all got partners and families and we've got friends this um, journey of life is just as much your focus than anybody else's don't forget that you live the life for yourself it's your experiences in life it's you that needs to go through life happy just as much as it is to make other people happy um it's not our job to make other people happy. I must caveat that with. And sometimes we forget that. We all sit there and go, oh, I've got a, you know, I've got to make my wife happier to do this. It's not your job. You know, it's, it's your job to work as a partnership. If it's something I want to do that makes me happy, then go and do it. You know, it's, it's very, very much like that. It's, as long as it doesn't infringe, um, you know, ethically and uh, financially on the family. Um, and it's, it's just putting yourself forward for a little bit of time. Um, that's what you deserve. It's your life. You've got one chance. I said to you, one to a hundred is is the average. You know, it's not even the average actually. The average is, like I said, about seventy nine or whatever it is. I know, like I said, it's slightly increasing, but that only makes us our mind go stronger. It doesn't help the body. So um, those milestones will still still be maintained to the end. Um, so when when you look at that, make sure that you you hit the milestones and you get in, you're getting everything out of those milestones. Make sure you're getting memories. Make sure you're having fun. Make sure you're doing what you enjoy. And sometimes you've got to jump, um, you know, to, to find out if that is what you want to do. Find out if it's there. I mean, like I said, for me personally, it's very much um, a case of go on holiday when I can afford it to Canada to, to make sure that it's somewhere where I want to be. Um, you know, make sure it's a place I love. Um, and I'm not going to go absolutely sort of um, balls deep and, and go out there without even understanding it if I was to do it. Um, but hit the milestones. My milestone is to get myself cleared get myself a bit more financially stable so I can start traveling and see if my mind changes because the traveling aspect etc maybe it might change as I start traveling and enjoying myself maybe the the actual frustration is I'm not getting away because I'm financially hindered a little bit so because I'm not traveling I'm getting stir crazy and wanting to get that as a real life so there's see there's a there's always different ways that we can look at life um I can look at it as I'm running, people can look at it as I'm running away, I can look at it as I want that, and, and at the same time you can look at it and go, you know, maybe it's because I'm, I'm being hindered by other factors in my life that I need to take control of before I think about those things, and that's why the whole process of this year was to get myself mentally stable, or not even mentally stable, but understand myself give myself the tools I can to triage my life and make myself better and then with the strength that I've I've gained from doing that which has given me more ambition motivation and drive and the old drum pops out and I start beating the drum that is what's given me the ability to go okay so you need to get something or put invest a bit more into your life and find alternative ways of earning a bit more money that can help you get out of those troubled times pre, pre uh, 
previous. So instead of waiting five years to just, you know, literally exist and pay it through the, the payment plan milestones, because I don't like those, find a way of earning a little bit of extra cash that doesn't infringe too much on your life, but gives you the motivation to hopefully succeed to clear those areas, to give yourself a little bit more um, financial income or, or disposable income to be able to do those fun things in life. And actually, maybe you might realise that you actually enjoy your life and with the travel, you've got the best of both worlds. Do you see what I mean? There's always different ways of looking. And one of those will always be a negative way of looking at it as well. Like I said, for me, it, the negative way for that would be people going, oh, you're running away from your problems. So, no, I'm not running away from my problems. I genuinely want that. It's something I feel I want and there's a, there's a an urge for it. However, I need to make sure I do my due diligence um, and, and look at all the other extra avenues as well. So, but that all comes with strength. That all comes with the positive of your mind, the positivity of your mind and live in the moment. That word mindfulness where we actively live in the moment without thinking about it or analysing it. We actually enjoy the moment. And that is mindfulness is where really we all, it's, it's, it's a state that we all should be in, where you live for the moment without analysing it. That's absolutely what we should be doing. But it's very hard when you're hindered by depression, stress, anxiety, PTSD, ADHD, autism, whatever it may be that is your mental health structure. That's a hindrance, but you need to take control of it. And sometimes that's not always, like I said, ADHD is not always controllable. PTSD isn't always controllable. There'll be days where, you know, I, I crash out and I don't I don't even understand it. Like I said last Wednesday, I genuinely didn't want to get out of bed. And I actually said, I don't want to get out of bed. I was almost to the point where I was texting my colleague going, I'm not coming in, mate. I really don't want to deal with people. I went in because I just, but I, I took the mitigations to keep my mind focused, but not deal with the people side of things. And I think that's because I'm trying to take control because I didn't want to sit in my bed and dwell on the day and go, oh, I feel fucking shit. I know I feel fucking shit. I know I'm not in the mood for it. But let's do something positive by getting out of bed, getting showered, getting dressed, getting into work, doing something that's relatable, something that's tangible, and then come away and go, okay, I only achieved four hours work, but I achieved four hours of work when this morning I was going to bed to lie in fucking bed and sit there and watch shit TV and eat shit food and then feel sorry for myself, which probably would have dragged on to the next day because I'll now feel bloated and horrible because I've fucking tram down loads of chocolate for the sugar bread for the carbs because that's what i'm like and crisps and loads of fucking fizzy drinks for the additional sugar so because i've done all that it's going to fucking knock on for the next day it probably would have had a beer or a wine in the evening do you see what i mean whereas what i did was i woke up the next day i sorry i woke up that day went and did something tangible ignored fucking everybody did something achievable. I actually went through my whole IOSH blueprint, which I'd put off for two months, and managed to achieve it in the day because I had no distractions. Massively good result at the end of that from my chartered membership in IOSH. So I got something relatable, switched off early, so I managed to still get that time to go and do a my cold water therapy dip in the afternoon and a walk. So I got a lot out of it. So in actual fact, the Thursday I went to work, I was better. I felt better again, which fell into Friday. Oh, fuck, it's Friday. I'm finishing at dinner time. And then I've got Bosch. I did artwork all weekend. And here I am finishing the rest of my week with a podcast and a smile on my face. Do you see what I mean by where we take control and we grip it? So 
get those fucking milestones in and start taking control of the things that become business as usual. It gives us a strength. I cut that word strength's a bit of a dirty one tonight. It's to get out. It's like strength. As um, it's, it gives us a strength to 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 make charge or take charge of the other things. And you might want to use those other things instead of going out to earn extra money. You might not need the extra money. God forbid. Um, hopefully you won't. But what you could then do is is put that extra time and that extra energy that you've now got into a new hobby, and getting yourself into something, trying something new in life, which is going to give you that that vigor, that ba 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 ba. You'll start beating the drum because you're doing something different, and it's giving you the strength because you're not sitting there relying on alcohol, drugs, or shitty binge watching of food or shitty binge watching of TV. You're actually doing something active, whether it's just in getting out and engaging in a walk, whatever it may be. You've got that strength because you've made the management of your mental health business as usual. So I'm going to finish there. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you got a lot out of this. I absolutely did. And I look forward to talking to you throughout the week. So take care and have a lovely rest of the day, evening, whenever you've listened to this. Hope your day has been fantastic and I hope the rest of it's great. So take care.